Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. 10. What does it say? Some of you are not reading. Let's go. Let's go. No, the next one. Put. Let's go. Put. Why should you put on the whole armor of God? That you may be able to stand. So, Pastor, I don't know why I keep falling. You have to do something. Standing is not automatic. Falling is. So if you, if you want to stand, then you have to, what you have to do, put on part of the armor of God. No. Put on what? The whole armor of God. So you'll be able to stand, uh, uh, stand against the wiles, the tricks. Wiles are tricks. Um, New Living Translation. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. He has a strategy. He has a strategy to make you not do well in ministry. He has a strategy to make you fail in marriage. He has a strategy to make sure your marriage doesn't work like your way, the way your parents' marriage worked. Or your marriage becomes like what your mother suffered or what your father suffered. That's the strategy to make sure that you won't finish school by getting into a relationship and getting overtaken by emotions so you can't study. And then after you have left school with bad grades, the guy will leave you. His assignment was just to distract you so you can have bad grades. Her assignment was just to distract you. If you have been in love before, you know the thing can be intense. How many of you have been in love before? It's not a good thing, no. No, it's not a good thing. It has very wonderful feelings, but it can be very destructive. To distract you from your focus in life. That is why at certain stages in your life, you don't have any business being in a romantic relationship. They're going to distract you. So, it says that put on the whole armor of God that will be able to stand against the wiles. Um, amplified. Put on the whole armor of God. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. That ye may be able successfully to stand against all the strategies the deceit and the deceits of the devil. Yes, deception. So you have to be able to stand. He will use all kinds of tricks. As for me, these things, it won't happen to me. I'm fine. You're not. But you think you're fine. You are not. Once you're on the wrong path and the wrong track, you won't be fine. The fact that I didn't come to church doesn't mean I'm not reading my Bible. Even if you're reading, you're not doing well. 
Sometimes people deceive themselves. The devil will deceive you. It's called delusion. The devil will deceive you to think that life is about what you are thinking is, but it's not. It's not. There are people who, after many years of their life, they realize they made a mistake. But it's too late. It's too late. Once you have crossed 40, it's too late. Even 30, there are things you are supposed to do at tw- by 20. So you keep wasting your life. There are things you are supposed to do by 20. Why, why, why are you now going to write a GCSE at 21? Oh, man. There are things you are supposed to do by 13. There are things you are supposed to do by 17. There are things you are supposed to do by 20. There are things you are supposed to do by 25. There are things you are supposed to do by 30. There are things you are supposed to do by 35. There are certainly things you are supposed to do by 40, 50, 60. So some people, your, par- your, your uncle, your mother, your auntie, your parent has gotten to 50 and has been suddenly realized that I've missed, I've missed it. Some of you, you don't know how bad you are disturbing your future. You are disturb- because, you see, when you are young, you don't realize when, when you are hurting yourself. Yeah. You don't realize it. One of the signs of a child is that it, <laughs> they trivialize danger. When there's danger, a child thinks that it's not dangerous. That's why wherever there are children, you, there must be a lot of protection. Even when you go to nurseries, there are doors, the hinges. They have to protect it. There's some, I mean, where there are cables, electric, you have to, because a child, you, when you buy something and it comes in a plastic foil, when you, they've written on a plastic foil, don't leave it unattended for a child. And uh, some medication, they have closed it such a, such a way that a child can't open. Because a child won't see anything wrong with it. You have told it, they won't don't see. So the sign that you are not, growing, you are a child, is that you don't even realize when you are in danger. That's one of the signs of infantileness. And unfortunately, some of us, you are, you, you, you are, you are, you are, you've crossed, you are 20, but you are still a teen, a 13-year-old boy in your mind. You are still behaving like a child. That's why you don't value school. What's education? What, I can't be bothered. You are, you are a child. It will bite you later. All you want is watching women. Yes. All you want is boys. So, but unfortunately, as you grow, the older you grow, the more you realize how dangerous life is. Then you realize that all this coke you have downloaded in your system have actually affected your kidney. But you were told, you thought it's fine. You thought I'll be okay. When you're a child, you always believe that you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You always have an exaggerated opinion of your strength. Something that will bring out, I'll face them as other days. Didn't know that times are changing. Hmm. Times are changing. There's, there's time to study. And there's time to play. If you don't finish your degree now, you might never finish it. Or when you die, on your epitaph, your, they can't put any degree there because you never got one. You never got one. And what life demands degree to do, you will never be able to do it because you don't have it. Wow. 
When you begin to grow, that's why you, when you realize people, that, people who you thought you were smarter than at school, more brilliant, more intelligent than at school, 25 years later, 30 years later, they are way above you because you didn't take it serious. A time is coming where you can't do some things. This is not the time, this is not the time. Your grandma, this, is it the time she's now going to marry, do wedding and marry and get children? Grandma, she's in her 60s. There's time for everything. So if you don't do what you have to do at the time you have to do it, you might do it at a higher cost or never be able to do it. You'll do it at a higher. you pay more, more. you pay, oh, it's not hard to study. Okay. But you might have to still study later by to be harder. Yeah. So you have to. You have to. Look at the level of lack need and poverty in your house. The designer you are wearing doesn't mean anything because actually poverty is in your, still in your house. Yeah. We, we, you, you look successful, but you know you are not. I'm talking about financially. So why don't you do what rather will make you successful? Do what can guarantee a certain level of financial success. And don't think prayer does that. Prayer will just help you to be able to hear what I'm saying, to practice what you are supposed to practice. Some of you are not happy with me at all. I'm very happy you are not happy. Well, efficiency, let's go. Why? Because we do not wrestle. Ah. So we are wrestling. Pastor, I mean, I'm not. You are. We are in combat. Face to face sumo wrestling. Some of you in the spirit, you look like a sumo. <laughs> You're actually at war. That you'll be able for what refers to not against flesh and blood, but what against principalities, against rulers, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of weakness in heavenly places. Now look at verse 13. Let's all read it together. Let's go. It says that take the whole armor of God. Why? So you'll be able to, to withstand in the evil day. There's an evil day. If you don't have the armor of God, you can't be able to stand. And, and then this is where the eight pillars come in. So you, your destiny will stand. So you have done, oh, pastor, what are the eight pillars? Love for God, faith in God, honor, and the rest. I've done it all. Having done all to stand. So you have to do all to stand. To do well. Doing everything. Do everything within your power to do well. Yes, you can. Hey, look at me. I want to talk to you. You, you will do well. Some, some of you, you have been through so much that you don't even believe in yourself. That's okay if you don't believe in yourself. Believe in God. Because really there's nothing in you. 
That will guarantee you doing well. But there's everything in God. And I'm telling you that you, you will do well. He said, having done all to stand, stand. So, having done all to stand. So, you have done all to stand. Why are you doing all this? So, you stand. So, you prevail. Then he says, stand therefore. So, having done all to stand, you have to stand. So after everything is done, what next? Stand. You don't do it one, two, three days, one, two, three weeks, one, two, three months and stop. No, 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 no. If you don't continue doing the right thing, you'll be, something will catch up with you. You have to continue doing the right thing. Eating the right thing. Hanging around the right people. And so the right things that you have to do is like the seven pillars we spoke about. Don't do it and stop. Doing it and stopping won't take you where you have to go. The reason why people don't get to where they want to go is because they don't continue doing what they have to do. You can have A stars in your A level. If you don't continue studying, first degree, you have F flats. (laughs) F sharp. (laughs) You can have A or like the best, first class upper in your first degree and your masters, you will have very bad because you didn't continue. So that's how some people start. They are doing well in their spiritual work. After a while, now this lady has backslid. This gentleman is now the one who prays more. He doesn't pray. And you are shocked at his behavior. Because you see, you start right. You have to do some things to keep you doing right. So after you've done all things, there are things you have to do. Joshua called the sons of I think uh, um, Reuben. So Joshua 22, verse 1. Joshua called the Reubenites. They are the sons of Reuben. And the Gadites. Their names sound quite scary. Gadites and Reubenites. And half of the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh. And what did he say? He said, you have followed God well. You've done well. He said to them, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of God, commanded you. Oh, oh. You see how God works? Who commanded them? Moses. Who commanded them? Moses. But who was Moses? The servant. So when you, they obey the servant of God, they're actually obeying God. You have, you have, you have kept all, the, uh, all that Moses, the servant of God, commanded you and have obeyed my voice. All that, uh, in all that I command you. So Joshua is down the next leader, and he says that I've been commanding you, and you've been obeying my voice. You obeyed the commandments of Moses, even, when, even though he's not around, you've been following his commandments. And now I'm, I'm your leader. You are following what Moses told you, and the things I tell you to, you're obeying. 
Do we have some Gadites here? Rubenites. So, it says that, um, commanded you, verse 3. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. That's the one he gave through Moses. You've kept it. Because they are supposed to take care of their brethren. So they did what they said. They said, usher, they've been ushering. They said, lead the choir, you've been leading. Sing in the choir, play the, they've been doing what they have been asked to do. The verse four. And now, the Lord your God has given rest to your, the brethren you are serving based on God's word. Now God has given them rest. God wanted to use you to be a blessing to them. God has given them rest as he promised them. Now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the, of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. So they had their land. They had their portion. But they left it because God said, go and take care of your brethren. Because I've promised them that I will give them rest. But I need you guys. You are Gadites. You are good with fighting and other things. Leave everything and come and help them. Come and serve them. So they did everything and God has given these people rest as he promised. And Joshua, the leader, said, now you guys, you have done what Moses did. You have done what God said. And now go back to your tents and go back to your land. On the other side of the Jordan, a river crosser. A river crosser. I know you didn't understand it. But anytime God really wants to do something good in your life, he'll make you cross a river. Wow. See, I'm a river crosser. I'm a river crosser. Permit me to take you a, a bit deeper into river crossing. The first father of the faith, who is he? Abraham, he was a river crosser. So when you look at um, Acts chapter 7, verse 1, 2, and 3, it tells you that Abraham was a river crosser. Verse 2. That's Stephen talking. Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to who? Our father Abraham, when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. Now, Mesopotamia, Potamia, Potamos. Does this sound like something? Hippo, Hippo, Latin for horse. Potamia, Potamos has to do with river, water, river. So, Hippotamos is a river horse. Yeah, do your Google, Google it and you can find it later. <laughs> okay. Mesopotamia is which means the land, meso land between two rivers. When you live in a land between two rivers and you are leaving that land, what, what does it imply? You have to cross the river. You need a bridge. You need a bridge to live where you are when you are living in between two rivers. So God told Abraham when he dwelt in Mesopotamia, uh, in Haran. That's when God said, move out of your father's house and he crossed the river. In the book of Joshua, um, I forgot, I think Joshua 2, 
23 or 20, somewhere I forgot it. He said, our fathers, when they live on the other side of the river, look for that scripture. Joshua chapter, I think chapter two or chapter three. There's two and there's three. Oh, you found it already, 24, three? Yeah. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river. Did you see that? So when he dwelt in the Mesopotamia, he was living in the land between two rivers and God said, I move him from there. So God said, I move him from the other side of the river, led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. So Abraham, first of all, dwelt behind the, beyond the river. And every time God, that's why we do baptism. It's a river crossing experience. When he brought them out of Egypt, before they could go to the promised land, they met the Red Sea. They met the Red Sea. They had to go through God up to open the Red Sea, cross the river. Joshua, they had to cross the Jordan. It's always in the Bible, but if they are not taught, you wouldn't know. A river crosser. So in Hebrew chapter, uh, sorry, in Genesis chapter 13, verse, no, I think 14, yeah, 14, verse 13. Genesis chapter 14, verse 13. That's the first time the word um, Hebrew appears in the Bible. Let's read it together. Let's go. Abraham what? So one day, as we say Hebrew, we don't know. Really, scholars don't really know, can't tell where that Jew, you know, is from Judah. So Judaism and Judah and Israelites now is like they're represented by Jew. But Hebrew, who is a Hebrew? What make a person a Hebrew? And Abraham was the first Hebrew to be described. Bible called him Abraham the Hebrew. But what did he do in life for him to call? He crossed a river. So the Bible, the book of the Bible called Hebrews, it wasn't assigned to any people in any geographical location. The book of the Hebrews. And Hebrews, we are the Hebrews. We cross from the other side to the other side. Hallelujah. We are river crosses. I said we are river crosses. We are river crosses. Tell somebody I'm a river crosser. There are rivers to cross in life. Some of you, this week, you'll be crossing another river. By virtue of your exam. You finish uni, right? You finish your studies. You cross a river. Life is full of river crossings. There's always a river to cross. There's always a river to cross. So he said, I called you from the other side of the Jordan to go and take care of your, your brethren. And... You have done that and God has given them rest as he promised. Don't be afraid to cross a river. Because the good news is when Elijah and Elisha, when they were going, he said, leave me alone. Elijah told Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 2, don't follow me. God has spoke, sent me over the Jordan. He said, as long as your soul lives, I'm going to follow you. I know you got, carry grace. I know you carry something. I like what you carry. See, don't let anything discourage you from following what you have seen a man carry. You have, don't, don't be distracted. Don't look at the man. Just focus on what he carries. I love, I love Agvishop. I love him. But... My dealings with him, I don't focus on him. Even though I like him, I focus on what he carries. So it, it affects the way I treat Joel, his son, and his daughters. 
It affects the way I treat the demands he makes when he asks me to do something. I, I'm always happy to do things for him, but it's because I love him. But however, my motivation is not first because of the love, but because of what he carries. I focus on what he carries. Because the day I become tired of focusing on what he carries, that day, what he carries will be tired of moving towards me. You can catch what a person carries without his permission. You don't need his permission. You don't need my permission to take the grace of my life because the grace is not mine. It's not mine. I didn't make it. It came upon me. And anyone at all can tap into it and you come upon you. You don't need anybody's permission. The grace and the anointing of God is on earth. It's not in heaven. Don't go to heaven looking for it. It's not there. When you get it, you go back there. It's there. Where, where is it? It's in the anointed. Wow. The anointing is with the anointed. How you treat the anointed determines how you catch the anointing. If they don't teach you these things, you make a lot of mistakes. You think, okay, he is to fast. Me too, I'm going to fast. Good, good, good. And you go and hire a hotel that you want to start <laughs> church. <laughs> One day, the police will come looking for you because someone has gone to lie on you. Me? What have I done? You see, you, you don't have the pay grade to operate in that level capacity. So, Elisha said, me, I'm not leaving you. He said, as long as the soul and the Lord liveth. He said that, then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto, uh, onto Jordan. Mm. But he said, as long as the Lord liveth, and as your soul, two things, though. And this is me as it's just God. God. No, he said, you two, you're important. As long as the Lord lives, and your soul lives, you're not going. I'm never detaching myself from you. He said, as long as the Lord liveth and as long as your soul liveth, I'm not going to leave you. Ah. He said, permit me to disobey you, sir. I need your permission to disobey you on this matter because I'm not, fo- I'm not, I'm not stopping following you. <laughs> yeah. So, I will not leave you. He said, leave me. He said, I will not leave you. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's serious disobedience. He said, if it means me disobeying you, then permit me, sir, with all humility. I'm on my knees. I will disobey you. On this matter, I will never stop following you. He followed him. Never leave. And the two went. He said, well, sometimes when you are following somebody, he said, I cannot follow you. You can't. You can't. You leave, leave them. They will follow you. To some of you, you don't need motivation. Your motivation should be from your inside. Wow. should be from your inside inside. So he said, I will follow you. I will disobey you and follow you. So when they got to the Jordan, um, now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it, it divided this way and that. So the two of them, only the two of them crossed over the, the on dry ground. Say anointing. Anointing. It's working. It's working. So they went and then when they went, the chariot took Elijah. If he had not followed, he would have missed that opportunity. As they went, now Elijah said, you have crossed this thing with me. Elijah said, tell me, verse 9 or so. He said, tell me, what, uh, 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 what do you want from me? What can I do? He said, I don't want anything from you. Just the, I want a double portion 
of what's this? What's this? He asked, what do I do for you before I'm taken away from you? As I said, please, a double portion of your spirit. Not your money. Not your fame. Your spirit. Anytime God is using somebody, it's the spirit of God on the person. Don't focus on the honor they get. Don't focus on the money they have. Don't focus on the nice bits. You are making a mistake by eyeing what they get. Focus on the spirit that is upon it. The Bible says there's a spirit of the man and the inspiration of the Almighty give you understanding. There's a spirit that does this. So Jesus said, before I go, please don't rush and go and preach. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from high. That's what you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Even Jesus couldn't stand before the Holy, after, uh, couldn't stand until the Holy Spirit came upon him. It's a spiritual thing. You need a spirit. Moses, God said, Moses, the work is too much for you. Okay, I'll put you, bring 70 people. And then I'll, in the book of Numbers chapter 11 or so, he said, and now gather them into one place. And I'll take the spirit that is upon you. And I'll put it upon them. 70, one man was carrying the job. It, it took one, that, uh, Numbers 11. So the Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, who you know to be Elders of the people and officers of them, bring them to the tabernacle of meeting. Meeting. Say meeting. Meeting. You don't like meetings. Bring them. You want to use these ones? You want me to let these ones work with you? Bring them. They're already leaders, but they can't work and carry your grace until they're in the meeting with you. Bring them into the meeting. The tent of meeting. The tent. Who told you meeting is not important? Gathering is important. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he said, we shall all gather around the Lord. We shall be gathered unto the Lord. Who told you gathering is not important? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. He said that we shall, he said that now brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. We are going to gather together to him. We we'll gather together to him. Gathering is important. He said, bring the 70 elders, bring them into the tent of meeting. That are like this. That they may stand there with you. Come, bring them. Let them, let them expose them to what you have been doing. Let them bring them. We are all standing together. Look at the next verse. Verse 17. I love it. He said, and I will come down. This is God talking. This is God talking. This is God. God said, and I will come down. Where? In the meeting. I will come down. As I'm preaching, I know God is coming down. He said, I will come down and I will take and talk with you there, and I will take the spirit. Oh, so what Moses has been doing is a spiritual thing. There's a spirit on him. There was a, that's why he was able to do what he did. And now these guys have to work with him. He said, don't worry, bring them together, and I'll come and take, he didn't say I'll come, I'll give them the spirit too. I'll take the spirit that is upon you and then put on it. Read your Bible. Most of the time, or in the New Testament, those who received the Holy Spirit baptism, it was through the instrumentation of a human being. Like in Acts chapter, chapter, chapter 8, verse 16, when, verse 14, 15, 16, when, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria has received the word, they sent to them Peter and John, who when they came, laid their hands on them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And so when they, when they laid their hands, they received the Holy Spirit, they started speaking in tongues. And when Simon the sorcerer saw that the Holy Ghost was given, verse 18, by the laying on of the hands of the apostles, ah, but why, if it's the Holy Spirit, he can come to you in your room. Where can't he go? No, it doesn't work like that. Doesn't work, he's already on people. You need association and contact with them to catch it. Because if Samaria has received the word, let the Holy Ghost come upon them. 
Why do you have to travel all the way from Jerusalem? What for? In these times of persecution, why do you have to travel and go? The Holy Ghost will come upon them and say, no, it doesn't work like that. You must be in meetings with them. I desire to see you that might impact some spiritual gift unto you. So, he laid his hands. So, Simon the sorcerer realized that when they lay hands, the thing is in the guy's hands. Where is it? In Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that in Paul verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. Ah, come on. When Paul has laid his hand, and when Paul has laid his hand, the Holy Spirit came upon Where is the Holy Spirit? Under, in his sleeves? Where? Why does he have to wait till he lays his hands? He said, he said, send to Joppa, to one called Peter. That's right. In Acts chapter 10, from verse 3, Cornelius, the angel said, don't be afraid. Send, God has said your prayers. Send to Joppa. Go and call a, a guy named Peter. Go and call Simon, whose name is Peter. He will come, oh, is he come? He will come in to preach to you. But why? Why don't you tell me the preaching? No, some of these things are transacted through men who carry it already. And when he came, Peter, okay, Peter came. He said, uh, you call me, I'm coming, I'm here. He said, yeah, you call me and uh, Boko, yeah, tell me what, why, why you call me. And then verse 29, let's start from verse 29. Therefore, I came without uh, objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? That's where, verse 30 now. So he said at the ninth hour, verse 30. Okay, four days ago I was fasting and until this hour, okay, this hour. At the ninth hour I prayed and an angel appeared to me. What angel? He said, don't be afraid. Okay, what, why are you coming? You travel all the way to, from London, oh sorry, from heaven. <laughs> all the way to come and do, to come and tell me to go and look for Peter. Wow. 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 Why? Wow. What if Peter has to be? Can't you, is it not coming from heaven? Yes, but it's already on earth. So me, when I come from heaven, I don't, give, I don't have it. God has left it on the earth already. And it's with people. It's in their back pocket. It's in their back pocket. If you want to see my, my card, my bank card, listen, it's in my back pocket. Don't go to the bank looking for my bank card. It's in my back pocket. <laughs> so he said, send for Peter. God wants you to get it. But God can't do anything about it till you come into contact with someone who carries it. So, he said, send for Peter. He sent to Joppa for Peter. And then you come. And then when Peter came, now, so this is, this is Cornelius narrating what happened. So he said, that's why from 29, he said, I was praying. And this is, so Cornelius started telling him what happened. And so he said, that's why I've sent for you. And Peter, oh, I like the verse 34. Peter said, of a truth, I know that God is no respecter of persons. Because he did never expected that God would send him to a house of a Gentile. But he said, of a truth, Peter opened his mouth and the first thing he said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. What makes you think God will respect you because of your background? Or he'll reject you because of your background? He's no respecter of persons. God doesn't respect persons. What does that mean? Does he, doesn't obey people or doesn't regard people? No, 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 no. He doesn't deal with you based on how you look. He doesn't deal with you because you have something better than others. No, he deals with you based on your heart position for him. 
when your heart is ready for him, that's all. It doesn't matter the things you have done in the past. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't, those things don't matter because God is no respecter of person. He doesn't regard all those things that human beings regard to determine who is who. Like when you get to the border, it's your, it's your passport that determines what key you join. God is no respect. He doesn't need your passport. That's what it means. But he said in every nation, so it crossed passports. <laughs> but in every nation, who fears him and works righteous is accepted by him. Then he started preaching about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Good preaching is always about Jesus. Good preaching is about, always about Jesus. Then he said that, uh, verse, the next verse, please. Verse 36. Then he said, that, he said, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through what? Jesus. That's his preaching. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. And oh, I feel like preaching today. How, how, how God anointed Jesus for preaching the Holy Ghost. And do you know what? And the Bible says that he started telling that they killed Jesus Christ. And but God raised him, verse 40. God raised him and showed him openly to the people. But not, not all, to all the people, but to those who witnesses who were chosen by him. It's, it's in your Bible. You should be reading instead of looking at my face. <laughs> He said, and God, this is this Peter's message when he went to Cornelius house. So he was telling them, but, but uh, to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 32. I will show you something. And he had commanded us, Jesus commanded us to go preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Look at the next verse. It's going to somewhere. It's coming to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission. So as, as soon as he got there, he spoke about resurrection. He, he spoke about, sorry, he, God, God used him in Israel and they killed him and he resurrected and he showed himself to them and they are supposed to tell the people and he spoke about them. Then he said that through him, anyone who believes and repents shall receive, receive remission of sin. As soon as he finished the message, the Holy Ghost said, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. As soon as Peter said, the Holy Ghost jumped on them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where's Peter? But why did he have to wait for Peter? Because Peter carried the grace. Angel couldn't do this. Why? Because it's not in heaven. Who you respect, celebrate, and honor will determine what anointing you will attract. Mm. When you study the Bible very carefully, it was always like that. When God wants to visit a people, when God wants to visit a people, he will send somebody. He will send somebody. Because God works through vessels. I taught you last week that we are vessels. So you, you, hi, hi, hi. Because we are vessels, this, is it a vessel? What does it contain? Water. This is a vessel. Yado, air's perfume. You can't drink, you can't drink this. So vessels are meant to contain something. Now, this manufacturer put this body mess here. This one, hand cream. You can't drink this. It doesn't matter how hungry you are. Okay. This is not yogurt. It feels like when you it's like yogurt. But, but this also contains this also a container. If I'm thirsty, if I go to this one, I can drink this. But if I want to smell nice, I pour this on myself, it's waste. 
At least it will make me smell bad, but it won't do anything. This one, it will make me smell nice. This one make make my hands very moist and smell nice. This one, body mist. So it depends on what you're looking for. Some of you are going to people, you are dealing with this guy who is a vessel that contains something you think is yogurt. Wow. You know, you see where I'm going, yeah? Yeah. As soon as you enter her, you have entered the wrong vessel. <laughs> yes! You don't understand why you have been having all those dreams? Because you drank from the wrong bottle. Sister, you don't know why nowadays you always are stealing things. Yeah, you drank from a bottle from the bottle that contained spirit of stealing. Spirit of theft. Suddenly you have become a, you are dealing in drugs. Check what bottle you entered or bottle entered, whatever you drank from. But some of you too, now you are doing church because you went to hang around a bottle that contains the Holy Spirit. They met you by the roadside and tell you, let's go to church. You don't do church. But when they, t- they spoke to you, something was happening to you. Look at you today, you are sitting in church. Listening to a man preaching to you. Ah! This looks like a dream. This, you, if anyone has told you this will happen just last month, you would have sworn, never me, never me, until you met someone who carried the Spirit of God. He spoke to you. You didn't believe, you didn't want to believe. You said, what has it got to say? And by the time you're realizing it's finishing, you're realizing that, ah, I think I like it. Whilst Peter yes, speak this, this, the Holy Ghost fell upon all those who were listening. All, all of them, all of them. As long as you hear his voice, the Holy Ghost is coming to your ears. So it was like, it was like the voice was the pipeline into your life. If you can hear his voice, the pipeline, Holy Ghost pipeline. Why couldn't the Holy Ghost do it without men? He doesn't do it without men because everything is down here. So Elisha said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. He said, wherever you go, I'll follow you. You are crossing the Jordan, let's cross. And when they go, they didn't have a boat. But I said, I'm going to cross. I'm still following that man of God. If he drowns, we are all drowning. When they got there, the Bible said he took his mantle. He took his mantle and he slapped smote the water. And the, the Jordan said, Hey! And anointing has arrived. The Jordan, the Jordan back parted left and right. And they walk on dry ground. Say anointing. If you don't go for the anointing, you'll be annoying to a lot of people. <laughs> when you speak and you don't have anointing, you annoy people. <laughs> so now and they crossed and then when they were going behold a chariot of fire came but before then Elijah has told him you want a double portion of what I carry verse 10 you have asked a hard thing it's a hard thing people can't catch this because they can't stay in church long enough wow. they can't serve faithfully long they can't humble themselves long enough they can't pay the price one. they can't do it it's too much for them so you have had a, if asked for a heart, nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, 
it shall be so unto thee. Ah, in other words, if you can keep your eye on me throughout, because, oh, thank you, Lord, because the mantle is not needed in heaven. The anointing is not needed in heaven. It's, that's why Jesus, when he came, they have to bring him anointing. Because he's not needed in heaven. So he, it, it was on a man. When he's going, he has to pass it on. Elisha, according to 2 Kings chapter 13, I think verse 23 or somewhere there. Somewhere, somewhere. 2 Kings 13, verse 20, yeah. So Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiders, uh, the, the, and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. The next verse, 21. So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the dead, they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when, so they were burying the man, they saw that the raiders would come, let's run for Allah. So they threw the man to him and fell into the tomb of Elisha. And when the dead body had hit the bones, 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 it says that, into the trailer, and when the man, uh, 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 into the bones of Elisha, and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, what happened? Why didn't he take the anointing? Anointing is here. If you don't pass it on, it stays in the, some territory, some territory. I believe in United Kingdom, the anointing of John Wesley is still around. William Booth is still here. Yes, Smith Wigglesworth, the anointings are still here. It doesn't go. And some of us must tap, persevere, and catch those anointings. Start catching from what is in your house, and as you persevere and are working with it, your assignment might be so big, you might need something bigger. And as you catch into it and pray, you will catch it. You will catch it. You will catch it. So, Elijah, 2 Kings chapter 2, and as they went, it says, you have asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me go, say, Lord, help me to see him go. In other words, don't let anything distract you. There are things about a man of God that can distract you. He said, if you can focus on me and you see me go, you shall have it. That's all. He said, you have asked for a hard thing, but you can have it, provided you can stay focused. So in spite of the fact that it's hard, what it will take to get it is focus. That means that many people can't stay in focus. It takes a long time. It's very hard for a lot of people to focus. Yeah. If you, if you get offended in me very quickly, you can't. Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Yeah. That's why John the Baptist died in prison. He shouldn't have been offended in Jesus. He asked him, are you the one to come? Why haven't you preceded me from prison? Look at what I'm going through. Look at what I'm going through. They chop his head off. Okay. So Elijah said, if you see me, go. And when he was going to heaven, Bible says, <laughs> as they were walking, a chariot of fire came, a horse of fire, a chariot of fire, came and took Elijah. And as he went, Elijah saw it. My father, my father, the chariot. Is he calling father? Wow. <laughs> No, don't call anybody father. Follow those kind of thinking. <laughs> my father, my father. The chariots of Israel, Israel, and the husband thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore his, the one he was wearing, he tore it. So I don't want my personal identity anymore. All this thing. Your clothes is your identity in the Bible. 
your own acts and the way you do your own thing. I don't want it anymore. Look at the next verse. Toys on clothes. And took up the mantle of, oh, oh. Took up the mantle of Elijah. That fell from him. That means the thing is available. He said, I don't want my own. Let me, oh, you, why are you always trying to talk like your pastor? Yes, I, I, I saw five, it's fine for me. Why are you trying to coach scriptures like him? Yes, it's fine. That's my father. Since you, since you started going to the church, now you don't, you're walking has changed. Your dressing has changed. Yes, because that's how my pastor dresses. Very soon, very soon, somebody will say, very soon, even I will shave my hair. I'll shave my, I'll, I'll shave my hair. <laughs> yeah. And he took the mantle. I got the mantle. And he was holding it. His master is gone. The sons of the prophet were observing. He was there laughing at him. <laughs> we told you he's going to go. He's gone now. Now, you see? You see? You see? See you, baby. See? And so he was going. <laughs> ah! And he got to the Jordan. Yeah? This is where we cross. What, what am I going to do? Because now my master is not here. They remembered. My master is not super, but he had the oil. So he also took the mantle. Listen to how he addressed the situation. He said, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he smote the water and said, where? I'm not going in my strength. If God was with him, now that I've got this mantle, this thing, if God was able to do this with that man because of the anointing, then he should be able to do it with me too once I've got the anointing. Catch the anointing. He smote the water because you got to cross the river. When it, certain rivers, when it gets to crossing, you need anointing. You need certain type of anointing. You need certain types of anointing to cross the river. Other than that, your background ain't going to help you. Because you know, when it, when it comes to mathematics in your family, everybody is zero ground, ground zero. Yeah. But you can catch an anointing. Me, when it comes to mathematics, I am super, by God's grace. When I was in school, math, math was my favorite. And my best subject was art. But my favorite subject was math, and I was good. Maths. Receive it. <laughs> of Elijah, Elijah. He's God. And when he has hit the water, the water also obeyed him. The water obeyed him. Now, the onlookers were standing there. Now they drew the conclusion. They were sons of the prophet. They had been in school, been trained as prophets, but when they saw the one who was following, he hasn't been to Bible school, but he's following. And they saw the results. They confessed. They said, ah, the spirit of Elijah. They saw the spirit of Elijah. That's New King James. They, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elijah. Bring them. 72. And I'll take the spirit that is upon you and I'll put it on them. I'll put it on them so that they can bear their burden with you. I see you catching an anointing. I got to finish. Let me finish from where I started. Joshua chapter 22. We go to verse 3, right? I was reading my Bible this morning, Joshua chapter 22, and it's, I saw the verse 5, I, and I felt like God said, teach my people verse 5. So all these things, 
It's just to get to Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. Can you imagine? But verse 3, that's, is that not verse 3 where we were? You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but I've kept the, uh, the charge of the commandments of the Lord your God. Verse 4, and now the Lord your God has given Rest to your brethren as he has promised now, uh, as, as promised them. Now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Go back. The Jordan. What does it take to cross the Jordan? A mantle. Not your own mantle. The mantle of your father. And the God of your father will react. Who is your father? In life, what you are trying to achieve. Who is your father? Inheritance does not come from teachers. Inheritance comes from fathers. The verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. Now Joshua said, you've done what God said you should do. What is next now? Number one, take careful heed, take careful heed to do the commandments and the law which Moses the servant of God, or, or the servant of the Lord command. So number one, take careful heed to do the commandments. And who gives you the command? Moses, the servant of God you follow. Listen, anyone who sues instructions you can't take, stop following them in the name of God. It won't work. Stop following them. Anyone whose instructions you can't take, only follow and serve a man of God whose instructions you can take and follow. Even if you are struggling to do the instructions, at least you accept that this is a genuine instruction I want to follow. There are two different things. Some, no, no, I'm not, no one can tell me anything. Find somewhere and go. Other than that, you are, you are jeopardizing your destiny. And you are wasting your destiny. So, he said, number one, take careful heed to the commandments of the Lord. Number two, Love the Lord your God. When we are talking about people who love God, may your name jump up first. That, that, that is my desire, that when they talk about people who love God. You see, when, when I die, I want them to write on my tomb a man who loved God. That's the first thing I want people to know me for. I loved God. And some of you, if you have been a, a bit around me, you know that, that that's, that's really what it is to me. That's, that's really, Pastor Kobe will tell you, he's been around for many years. Been around for many years. That's, that's what it is. Most of you. That's what, that's what keeps you coming. Yeah. I love God! And it's always been like this. When I was in secondary school, those who are around me will tell you, it's always been like this. It's not like now I'm a pastor, so I'm, no, 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 no. Far before I became a pastor, this is how I've always been. Secondary school, my boys around me, they'll quote scriptures, they write through scriptures. I've always been a man who loves God and loves his word. I'll preach anyway. Love God. You can't have a pastor who loves God and you don't love God. You are not authentic. You are not authentic. Have you seen an elephant who has given birth to a, 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 a rabbit? Your father is an elephant. How come you look like a rabbit? When you fly with turkeys, you don't eat food for ducks. You eat turkey food. When you fly with eagles, you eat what? Food for eagles. 
Even a baby elephant is bigger than a cow. <laughs> because of who your father is. Are you a true son? Why are you not studying you are failing if you are a true son? In what way do you look like us? With this, you're failing in your exam. <laughs> Start, if you've been failing, stop failing now, please. Pastor, what should I do? Because I've been, I've been trying. You have not been studying enough. Love the Lord. Obey. Uh, the, what, number one, what? Take your, take, take, uh, uh, carefully heed to do the commandment. Yeah, take careful heed to do the commandment. Number two, love the Lord. Number three is there. Number three, what should you do? Walk in his ways. What are his ways? He said, you are dating somebody. Don't be letting them sleep with you. It's the ways of the Lord. Follow it. Follow it. Stop fornicating. It's the ways of the Lord. It's the way of the Lord. So now you say seven pillars of destiny. But you have to, this, after you have done the seven pillars, this is what you have to keep doing. What next? What next? Take it to the commandment. What next? Love the Lord. What next? Follow the way. Ways of the Lord is you come to church and you serve. You don't create problems in church. You create solutions in church. That's the ways of the Lord. You must be like a Timothy. You must be humble. You must be reliable. You must be dependable. You must, be, you, you must have a servant heart. You must have a child, the heart of a child, the heart of a servant, and the heart of a follower. The ways of the Lord. Jesus followed Mary and Joseph and went and served them for, for 18 years. Before he started his ministry, he was serving. He was subject to them, according to Luke chapter 2, verse 48 to 52. He was subject to them. Subject to them. And then, the next point, and as we run up, and keep his commandments. So, take heed to do the commandments, and then follow his, love the Lord, walk in his way, and keep, as you're walking, the commandment, as for that one, you don't touch. Leave it as it is. Don't try amend it. Don't try and change, adjust it. Keep it. Just keep the commandment. Because there's one thing to Take heed to do it. Another thing, people take it to it. Okay, so it's so like tithe. You take it to give your tithe. Afterwards, you say, okay, um, you can share it. You can distribute. There's a beggar on the road, so you give part. Why, why are you changing the whole thing? Why are you? Yeah. Wow. Just keep it. Leave it the way it is. Yeah. And then to keep his commandments and uh, hold. Ah, I like that one. It's just like keep the faith. Hold fast to God. How many of you have ever felt like giving up? It's normal. You will feel it. Situations will happen. But please, anytime you feel like giving up, say, I have to hold fast to God. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.